Children see magic because they look for it. Christopher Moore. Just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man, out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I can. Hello, Faithful Fathers, and welcome to this PG-13 edition of the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. I'm Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast, joined as always by Perry Hughes. Perry, welcome. How are you today? Good evening, brother. I'm doing great. Uh, it's been a good day. Hope it has been for you as well. I know it's a little bit uh, hectic and chaotic over at your house. It has been hectic and chaotic. I'll, I'll fill everybody in in just a quick moment. <laughs> I I joked about it being a PG-13 episode, and the reason I say that is because of the topic we are going to be discussing. So if you are listening to this in your car, driving with younger kids, maybe this isn't an episode to listen to with them. We love hearing from you guys that sometimes you listen to this podcast with your kids. I think that's great. I often will actually flip on this podcast with my kids in the car. I'm like, even though I know exactly what I said, (laughs) at least I think I remember what I said and what the guest said, it's always fun to listen to it again. But my kids really enjoy some of the episodes and it's it's really eye-opening for them in certain respects. But this episode might not be for them if they are under the age of, I don't know, 11, 12, uh, 10. And somewhere in that range. Uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll table that for a moment. Yeah, it's been kind of chaotic on our end. I was I was telling Perry before we pres- pressed record that I feel like somebody in my family has been sick pretty much nonstop all of December. So it hasn't quite been the the picture perfect Christmas season that you know we might have envisioned way back in the first episode of this Christmas series yeah. that we've been doing in December. But you know we we've been figuring out ways to inject some joy and some. Christmas movie nights and some uh, Christmas cookie decorating, and and we're trying to get to all the fun things, but it's been a little bit tumultuous, uh, to say the least. How about you? How's your uh, Christmas season been so far? We're close. We're close. Christmas is right around the corner. We are close. It is very, very close. It's been good. We've um, done some family visits. We've done some traditions. We've done some decorating, and we've done a new one this year, which has been fun. I purchased some gloves and some hot hands, like hand warmers, and we put those into bag, gift bags and actually put some tissue paper in them and made it like a real, a real legitimate present. And um, I was able to give us a set of those gloves away today. JP and Liam and I were at the Walmart getting a few last minute things, and uh, we saw a gentleman uh, sitting outside on the curb. Clearly, uh, somebody who appeared to be homeless. And I said, JP, he was driving. I said, JP, pull over. I'm going to give this guy one of the presents. And that was really cool to be able to give this gentleman uh, the gift of some warm gloves. It's going to be pretty cold out tonight down in the 20s uh, where we are. And man, I hope that he uh, is sitting there with his hands warm tonight, uh, just feeling blessed, you know, thankful for the little blessings. Um, I got out of the truck and walked over and gave him the bag and said, Hey man, I got you this Christmas present and just wanted to tell you, you know, hang in there. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, hope you have a Merry Christmas, man. His eyes lit up, um, like the stars in the sky. And, uh, he was very grateful for that. So that was kind of a fun thing to do. And actually really kind of a fatherhood win for the week, you know, that, could do that together with my two older boys today. So that was pretty cool. That's really cool. And 
I just love that you took action on that idea, right? Because that that really kind of came about organically in the context of the conversation we had on the last episode, and you sort of floated it and as an idea. We talked about homeless bags, which you and I have both done. But you're like, wait, wait a second. What if we what if we do something like gloves? And you took immediate action, and I love that you took it to the next level and and made little presents out of it. Uh, that's what it does is it speaks to the humanity of of everybody yes. right it gives dignity to to the homeless to the people receiving that gift it's not shoving a pair of gloves out your you know inching down your window yeah. and just kind of yeah. sticking it out and yeah. no it's like getting out of the car having an engaged conversation with yeah. another human being and and giving them a present and and i love that man that's that's really cool i think uh yeah, what a neat tradition for you and your family, and something that I'll file away possibly for next uh, next Christmas season as well. Love that. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I got to thinking about it. You know, like when is the last time a homeless person has gotten an actual wrapped up present? Yeah, and so that was that was cool. It was just an idea to take it take it to that next level, like you said. Well, this is the fourth and final installment of this December Christmas series on the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. Hopefully, you guys have been blessed by these episodes, last episode talking about navigating grief. So I guess it was two episodes ago that Perry floated the idea of the of the gloves. Um, and in this episode, we just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. You know, if you're yeah. listening to this and it's still before Christmas, I just want to encourage you, whatever your Christmas season has been like, I just pray that you have a truly blessed day when you wake up on Christmas morning and and that your family experiences joy and the magic of the mm-hmm. season, yeah, including potentially receiving gifts from Santa, which is what we want to discuss uh, on this episode. Just have a little fun with it and maybe a little debate, maybe maybe talk about aspects of Santa that you've never thought about or haven't thought seriously about. Because I think Santa Claus is one of those things that you just sort of, if you grew up believing in Santa and having Santa deliver presents to you on Christmas morning, and and that's part of the magic of the season, did you ever really stop to think about it, consider it? And when you became a father, did you ever question whether it was something that you would continue to do with your own kids? And should we? Should we question that? Is it an automatic that it's okay to to espouse Santa Claus and have our kids believe in Santa Claus and play that game with our kids? Or should we question it? And perhaps is it wrong to do? Are there potential detrimental impacts to our kids for them believing in Santa. So I just wanted to have that conversation a little bit and see what your thoughts were on that, Perry. Certainly have a few thoughts of my own as I've reflected on on that this this holiday season. Yeah, that's great. And um as you introed that, I realized that I'm up in the loft and I I can't tell if any little feet are coming up because I got these earphones on. And man, I would hate for that. Um introduction to reality to be from walking up and hearing dad on the podcast. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to like move out to the back deck. It's pretty cold out there, but that's okay. I would rather be a little cold for this episode than, uh, than have my little Ruby who is not in the loop yet on this scenario, get brought into the loop, uh, in the wrong way. So bear with me. I'm I'm walking around for those of you just listening and not watching. I'm walking around with my mic in my hand and my laptop 
Yeah, you can't say hand, you can't say I didn't warn you. I mean, we, we gave no, everybody advance warning, called it a PG thirteen episode. Just the we co- knew the we co-hosts knew. just the, weren't ready for it. I, I knew the content, and I was like, "Oh wait, <laughs> that's awesome." <laughs> what if she walks up and hears this? So <laughs> that's so funny. Bear with me. I gotta get. I gotta get my chair and plug my computer in. Hang on just a second. And, it, and it's funny you say that while you're getting yourself together and and pulling up your chair. Just a couple of weeks ago, I have a standing Sunday night Zoom with my family, my brother, my mom. And a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about uh, how his daughter was all distraught because she lost one of her teeth and lost the tooth and was wondering if the tooth fairy was still going to come that night and stuff. And we're, we're talking all about that. And all of a sudden, my brother's eyes get huge and he looks up and like his daughter had come down the steps. She was supposed to be in bed. And she was, he was like, like he had no idea how long she had been standing there. And <laughs> I texted him next and he felt so, I, I felt bad, but we were just yeah. having adult conversation after sure. bedtime hours. And right. And he had no idea if she heard anything. And he, he texted me the next day and said, he doesn't think she heard, heard anything. She had just, <laughs> just come down the stairs. So that's, that's good. But you, you talk about your youngest Ruby, uh, still certainly believing in Santa. Was it always yeah. a given? that Santa would just be something you guys celebrate as a family? Is it something you intentionally thought about when you entered fatherhood, something that you've maybe reconsidered uh, along the way? Tell me sort of your backstory with respect to Santa. Sure. So growing up, Santa was a part of our childhood, part of my and my sister's childhood. And I remember at that age where, you know, I was this little, you know, just believe this kid who wants to believe, you know, and I had a neighbor who was a year, I think a year younger than me. Uh, I remember distinctly where the moment where he was like, dude, what you believe in Santa Claus? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what are you talking about, man? This is just your parents. Like how old are you? And I don't remember what age I was when that happened, but um, I do remember that moment and it was so embarrassing. I felt like such a chump, you know, cause this <laughs> kid who's younger than me, like knows like Santa's bogus. And then it was like, as soon as he said it, I was like, well, Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I don't remember how I tried to play it off, but then it was like, when he said it, I was like, Oh, duh. That's so obvious. Like, why did I, why was I still, you know, why did I believe in that? But anyway, I, it is something that Nancy and I discussed prior to having kids. And I remember, when we were first young, newly newlyweds in our early twenties, we lived in a little townhome uh, in a little community where we had some neighbors that were a few years older than us. They were probably in their young thirties at the time, and they had a young daughter. And the they were the first people that I was directly, you know, in relationship with, who intentionally did not celebrate Santa Claus. And I thought, man, that's kind of weird, you know, and uh, great couple, great, great guy, great lady. Uh, But the guy, I remember this distinctly. The guy said, well, you know, if you just change the letters around a little bit, it spells Satan, you know. And I was thinking like, oh, dude, whatever, you know, like you're sticking the mud, like it's not that big of a deal. Like, you know, my, my, my knee jerk was, ah, don't be such a fuddy dud, you know, it's like no big deal. And then when Nancy and I, you know, were married a few more years longer and we had kids of our own, we started this discussion. Well, what are we going to do about Santa Claus? And I leaned towards not doing Santa Claus um, for a lot of different reasons. And Nancy leaned towards doing Santa Claus. 
for a lot of different reasons. And as you can tell from my comments about, uh oh, I just realized Ruby might be in earshot <laughs> and she believes in Santa, that we went on the path of choosing Santa. And honestly, I don't really know how I feel about that still to this day. I've kind of got mixed emotions. I can see both sides of the coin. You know, it's, oh, it's fun. It's innocent. It's magic. Like, it's a sparkle in the, you know, in the day, it's something to be excited about, you know, and blah, 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 all those types of things. But then I see the other side of the coin that is, well, you know, it, it takes away from the celebration of Christ. It's lying to our kids. It's going to create doubt in their minds for other, you know, spiritual truths and, and things that are the mystery of the gospel and the mystery of Yahweh, God, the father, uh, if we set them up to, to, you know, falsely believe in Santa Claus, then they're going to also have these doubt. They're going to have all these doubts when it comes to believing in God. Um, and, and so I've wrestled with that some, but we have done, and I won't say this part now, but we have done a fun little, um, I don't know if it's fun, but we have, we've done a, we've made an attempt at the process of telling your kids Santa's not real. It's like, well, that moment of, oh, hey, by the way, gotcha. It's been us the whole time. You know, how do you make that moment like fun and pleasant or, you know, something other than a train wreck? So we have adopted a little path to that that's mitigated that damage, I think, a little bit. Um, but I'm curious to hear to hear your thoughts about the whole thing. Well, I, I have a specific comment related to what you are just about to introduce. So we'll, we'll come back to that, the idea of how to, how to break it to them, if, if to break it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would just, I would just as an aside say, obviously, neither Perry nor I, I think probably have the right answer and certainly not the right answer for you. So us having sure. this conversation, we're not trying to prescribe to any of you as the sure. listeners what you should or shouldn't do with your own family. That's right. To be sure, I some of you have chosen perhaps not to do Santa. Some of you do, and it's you know I I honestly don't think there's a very firm right or wrong answer here. I'm not I'm not planting my flag firmly on this issue. We 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 celebrate Santa. I I don't see a major issue with it, and in fact, I see a lot of benefit in it. And I'll, I'll talk about that sure. here in a moment. We um so yeah, grew up. Grew up living in Santa, didn't have any serious ramifications when I found out. Meaning, you know, I, I think that's the big first question. And I would put this back on you before I share a few more thoughts, which is when your buddy said what he said and you felt a little bit embarrassed, was there ever a moment of feeling betrayed by your parents? No, not at all. No, there was no moment of betrayal. And I didn't have this, I didn't have this big critical questioning of my faith you know i didn't the two were totally separate things for me personally you know um and that's one of the things that nancy and i settled in on and part of the decision to celebrate santa is uh, we don't pray to santa right our lives don't revolve around santa we we live our lives in a way that revolve around god almighty the one true god you know we we pray to him in the morning. We pray to him at meals. We pray to him in the evening. We pray to him during hardship over our friends that are going through things, you know. Um, and and we read the scriptures. You know, our entire lives are based around this 
pursuit of relationship with our creator through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, this idea that, well, your kids are going to get totally messed up and feel tricked. Well, maybe if you don't have, you know, if someone doesn't have much of an authentic pursuit of God, you know, and there, there isn't much involved with God in their life, then yeah, maybe that was going to be confusing. But I think if you, if you live an authentic life and pursuit a relationship with the King of Kings, that's going to look a lot different than, you know, uh, a, a gray haired bearded fat guy coming down the chimney and giving some presents, you know, for sure. I was, I didn't feel betrayed either. I didn't, I, I don't ever remember feeling like, what? My parents have been lying right. to me. Like the word lying never entered my mind. And I think that's the hang up a lot of people have. Sure. We talked about it earlier is, is it okay for us as the parents to lie to our kids? But I don't actually think it's a lie. Um, and, and it might be semantics. It might be, sure. it might be nuance, but it's, we didn't create, we didn't create the lie. We didn't fabricate out of thin air, this idea of a Santa Claus. It's a cultural thing that has been going on literally for centuries, celebrated all over the world. We are just either participating in it or not. Does that make sure. sense? So it's it does, not, but yeah, go ahead. Let me play, let me play devil's advocate here a little bit. You know, our culture is quickly going to things that we as a family are not going to play along with the idea that there are infinite genders and, you know, that all of these things that are happening right now in society, pretty soon that's going to be, I don't know, I can't predict the future, but it seems like much of society is trying to establish that as the cultural norm and acceptance. And if someone who is born genetically a male says that they feel like a female on the inside, everybody else has to uh, agree with that and participate in that. And so just, you know, the devil's advocate on that is, well, just because society says this is the norm, it doesn't necessarily mean that we should just play along. 100%. You don't automatically go along with something just because it's what the culture you happen to live in goes along with, but that's not what Santa Claus is. So as a family, as a father, you can choose what about society and culture we are going to quote sure. unquote play along with. Like, like Thanksgiving, we're going to get together and we're going to carve a turkey and we're going to watch a bunch of NFL football because that's what our culture does. That's just what society does. Everybody takes off and you get a few days off for Thanksgiving and you get to eat, to get together and eat a whole bunch of food that is not even remotely close to what the original Thanksgiving with the pilgrims <laughs> was like. It's what our yeah. culture has turned into it. And it's a yeah. lot of fun. And we decorate sure. turkeys with our handprint in school and we mm -hmm. eat a bunch mm -hmm. of pumpkin pie and a whole bunch of food that's not what the Native Americans even ate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm fine with that. And same sure. thing with Santa Claus. And the, and the difference with what you're suggesting is 
you know, and, and not to get lost in the history lesson, but Santa Claus derives from St. Nicholas, an actual real person, sainted because of his generosity, renowned for his generosity, a devout Christian. He devoted his life to Christ and Christianity. He he gave to children. He I read a little bit of, uh, about him recently where he became famous for basically paying the dowry for three women so that they didn't have to lead lives of prostitution. Like- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that is the stand-up ar- guy, yeah, stand-up guy, and if that's the guy who he 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 was just a man. I mean, born in sure. modern-day Turkey. So again, it's not even an American thing. It's not even like a U.S. Now we, of course, as we often do in America, have taken taken it and run with it and turned him into the jolly fat guy and elves yeah. and Santa sleigh right. and all of that type of stuff. So it, it's beyond a little bit of what modern day, even Europe, kind of how sure. they handle St. Nick, Father sure. Father Christmas, et cetera. But yeah. at the end of the day, like I don't think – I don't think it's an aspect of culture that becomes an issue like you're talking about, provided that there's still the distinction that, okay, here's the here's the cultural part of things that we're just participating in, but then let's make sure we're also focused on Jesus. And that's what we talked about in the very first episode and reading a chapter of Luke every day. And let's make sure we sing, you know, O Holy Night and O Little Town of Bethlehem. And like, let's make sure we're not just singing jingle bells and and our kids really know the meaning for the season. Then the two can coexist. Does that make sense? So that's that's sort of what I meant when I said it's just a part of the culture. Do your kids, do do you go to Fourth of July parades? Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Do you do you yeah. celebrate Thanksgiving? Yes. Do we celebrate Christmas? Yes. And mm-hmm. and by the way, we also revere this day as one of the two most important religious holidays in our family, and that sure. and Easter. And mm-hmm. so on Easter, we're going to search for Easter eggs, but we're also going to go to church and we're going to focus on yeah. on the meaning of that day as well. And so that's yeah. what I meant by just culturally, sure. like I don't have a problem with that. That makes sense. And and to follow up on that, to piggyback on it. The difference between infinite genders and Santa Claus, both being cultural, the infinite gender cultural is in direct opposition to the word of God and the natural order of God's creation and the way he says he made things to be and celebrating Father Christmas, St. Nick, Santa Claus is not in direct opposition to that. It's it's just a cultural contextual, you know. Celebration for that holiday. And so that's kind of the dividing line. And that makes perfect sense to me for sure. Yeah. A quick story about sort of our origins though, with our family that I think that I think bears some consideration for people wrestling with this as well. I just think it's interesting. And you actually alluded to this earlier, thinking about your own situation growing up. As listeners will know, we adopted our two older boys when they were three and five years old. And we adopted them in, well, we we first took full custody of them in January. So just a few weeks after Christmas of their ages three and five. Yeah. And their biological parents, well, certainly their mom, had flat out told them that there was no Santa Claus. So Man. that that most recent Christmas, at ages yeah. three and five, they had been told no Santa Claus. They didn't celebrate Santa Claus that Christmas. Fast forward eleven months, eleven and a half months, to their first Christmas with us. Yeah, 
we just did Santa. And we, yeah. you know, we took pictures with Santa and they got yeah. presents from Santa and we hung stockings yeah. and, and they uh-huh. fully believed. Yeah. And have believed or, or believed for years and years and years afterwards until they got to an age where they no longer believed. Yeah. And I think it speaks to this incredible reality in kids that kids want to believe. Yeah. And it's okay for them to believe in all sorts of things that aren't true because it's part of a child's imagination. And that's another thing that I was reflecting on is, do we go around as fathers debunking everything they believe in that isn't actually true? Like my son Declan's four years old and he plays superheroes all day long and I jump on the trampoline pretending to be Superman. And he is pretending to be these other superheroes and I just play right along with him. Why? Because it's good and it's yeah. joyful and it's fun right. and he's four years old. And what good does it do to say, you know, son, there's really no Superman. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my two older boys were huge into Teenage Ninja Turtles. They were right. obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember a year or two after we took full custody of them, you know, Jackson comes up to me and he goes, can we go to New York City? I'm like, oh, like. Why? Why do you want to go to New York City? He literally wanted to go down into sewers. He, he, yeah, he wanted to literally, um, he wanted to go down into yeah. sewers to yeah. look for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's and awesome. I didn't say, son, no, they're not real. Know. I was like, yeah, you know, we can look into maybe going up there sometime. I, where do you think they sure. live? Like, right. which sewers do you think we're going to look in? Are there uh-huh. any clues from the television show about yeah. where to even look for them? You know, and am I lying to him? No, like it's it's a fiction. It's, it's make believe. And everything we watch, I mean, movies are fiction. Sure. And, we, and we don't tell our kids not to watch the movie because it's not true. It's sure. fiction, it's drama. Yeah. And it's to me, that's what Santa Claus is. It's it's a drama that is a fun yeah. game, essentially a game to play with our kids for yeah. a certain number of years. Uh, back to society. Society will uh, will show them at some point that. It's not real. And that's okay. Just like it will show them lots of other things in their life that didn't end up being real, things that they believed in when they were young, but that feed into the imagination of kids and the magic of the kids. And 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 I hearken back to what I said at the very beginning, which I think there are a lot of positives. How much magic is there in Christmas? When you look, look back at your childhood, the magic of Christmas, and a big part of that is going to bed on Christmas Eve to empty stockings, waking up on Christmas morning to full stockings. How did that happen? Like, will it be as fun? Will it be as magical if it's just mom and dad doing it? Does it make sense? They'll they'll realize that at some point, but are we depriving them of something that really can feed into something that can be with them lifelong and part of their memory? So, so to me, far from far from ruining them or them feeling like we have lied to them. And this isn't to suggest, some of you listening to this may have actually been hurt by the realization uh, when you when you found out. And, and I have another thought on that. I'll, I'll let you share some thoughts before I share that additional thought, Perry. Um, to be sure, I think there are probably some people who, do fe- who did feel betrayed or did feel lied to. But I think that's the minority. I think I don't... I haven't I talked to a single person who, when they found out, their first thought was, oh, I all of a sudden don't trust my mom and dad. Yeah. 
I feel betrayed. How could they do that to me? Not a single person. No, it doesn't mean they don't exist, but I don't know any. Yeah. It's more what you said, the embarrassment or how could I believe so long or it was so obvious. And okay, I just go on with the rest of my life. Like that's kind of it. Yep, for sure. And I think one thing to add that we've done, and again, you say maybe it's semantics, but one of the ways that we set out intentionally from the beginning so that our kids couldn't come back and say, you lied to us about this, was anytime our kids ever asked us if Santa Claus is actually real, we would do one of two things and sometimes both. We would say, well, what do you think? Yeah. We would put it, put it back on the kid, right? And then, and then typically it would be some kind of like, well, how I believe Santa is real, but how does he actually do, how does he do all the presents in the whole world in one night, you know? And our answer to that was, well, it's, it's just magic. It's magic. Yeah. And so at some point in time, all kids learn that magic is not actually real. Yeah. It's magic, you know? And so Again, maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody's going to think, oh, you're just splitting hairs, oh, you're being whatever. But for us, that was a way that we felt like in a full, clear conscience, we could do, we could celebrate Santa in a fun way that that emulates just the spirit of mystery and awe and wonderment in the life of a kid. So many fun, wonderful memories that I had from my childhood, waking up on Christmas morning, running out to see what Santa had left the same for my wife that we could, we could facilitate those magical moments for our kids and, and not have a burden of, Oh man, we've been lying to our kids this whole time. Uh, And that's kind of how we mitigated that. And it's, it's been good. Now our, our third born son, Seth, at really probably three or four years old, he ke- he kept coming up to us and be like, Psh, guys, Santa's not real. Like <laughs> he, He's like, I know. He's like the thinker out of the crowd. And, and literally at four years old, he's like, Santa's not real, dad. I, like, I, I know. And then he would stop for a second. And then he'd be like, is he? <laughs> you know, like, and it goes back to what you're saying. Like the kids want to believe, you know, but he's such a, a logical, analytical mind and he's incredibly intelligent. Uh, not that my other kids are, you know, Neanderthals or anything, but it, but Seth is incredibly intelligent. And so I think even at a young age, his brain is just whining like this doesn't seem possible. This doesn't work. But he still had that spirit of a kid wanting to believe. And he would always follow up with like, but is, is he that? Is he? Yeah, you know? I love that. That's cool. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. One <laughs> um, uh, other little hack for fathers who might still have young kids along the lines of what you said. I'm not sure I've actually ever literally told them Santa's real along the lines of what you're saying. Turn it back on them with questions. I've done something similar. I remember one year they had been asking for something, you know, all year long that we just, we didn't want to give them. We didn't really believe in giving them. It was probably like a device, like the first device, Uh something like that. Yeah. And we didn't think they were old enough for their first device, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Christmas rolls around and we've got them both that device. <laughs> uh, I think it was like a, a kin, like a Kindle, an uh-huh. Amazon Kindle Fire or something like that. Right. You know, it's a little, a little tablet where they can play some games. Yeah. Well, later that year, you know, whatever, Santa comes up or whatever. And they're like, you know, well, whatever. And they were asking questions. I said, well, but 
would would we have gotten you a Kindle Fire? <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, good point. No, like you yeah. bad mouth the you bad mouth devices all year long. Good point. Like, no, you wouldn't have. You know, <laughs> had to be Santa. That's awesome. Yeah. So you just ju- you jujitsu the snot out of your kids exactly. right then. Totally so, total jujitsu move. Anyway, uh, so that's a that's little, cool. little hack for you guys. Um, on a more serious note. Uh, and I don't know how much more there is to discuss on this, but I think these are important things to, to just share that I've been reflecting on. And the first is, if you are concerned about your kid feeling betrayed or lied to upon finding out that Santa isn't real, make sure you're not betraying them or lying to them in other more serious ways as a father. Yeah. Because you know what really breaks trust with your kid is telling them you're going to be at their piano recital and then not showing up because you got the way to work. And I could go on example after example after example, but just think in your own, in your own world, in your own life, are there things that you're building your kids up to believe you for? Mm-hmm. That you're breaking their trust because you're not following through. You're not consistent in how you're parenting them and fathering them, or perhaps you're actually literally lying to them uh, about any number of things. Um, my point is, there are very real things that could hurt your kids about what you are doing or not doing to them, and I think Santa is really low on that list. Take that for what it's worth, but I've just really been f- reflecting on that uh, and trying to really look inwardly, like how might mm-hmm. I actually be hurting my kids? If they found out this mm-hmm. about me, for mm-hmm. example, what would they think about that? Yeah. Uh, and and a, a quick thought, and, and I'll let you chime in, uh, Perry, but one final thing about how your kids find out perhaps that Santa isn't real, uh, because you talked in the beginning about coming up with some some clever ways to break it to them. I actually sort of have settled on not actually breaking it to them. I, I think it's better if they just sort of find out on their own. Does it make sense? Because sure. then you're not yeah. actually telling them, you know what, we've actually been lying to you this whole time. Or we've been playing this game and it's a fun game, and but but now we need to stop playing the game. You don't need to believe in Santa anymore. Like Just don't do any of that. I, I just think if it happens organically, it's less likely to come across as mom and dad were lying to me this whole time. No, sure. you just kind of find out and you never have to really break it to them. Does that make sense? Unless they're like sure. 16 years old and they're still believing. Right. Okay, maybe, maybe we need to sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> Yeah, have a heart to heart. Any thoughts on that about like real <laughs> lying versus Santa yeah. Claus lying? Yeah, yeah. Two things. One is I'll be vulnerable and share something about me with with you and and the listeners. That's just something the Lord's convicting me of. Uh, JP is about to turn sixteen, and we've lived in this house for two and a half years or so. And when we moved out of our other house and moved into this one. Or when we started building this one, I told the kids, hey, I'm going to build y'all tree houses out in the woods. And everybody's going to get their own tree house. It's going to be awesome, blah, blah, blah. Well, I haven't done anything towards that. And I'm, you know, feeling convicted. JP's like literally about to turn 16. And he's still talking about like, hey, dad, when are we going to build my tree house? You know, you think of, well, a 16-year-old is kind of too old for a tree house. Now, he wants to use his as a hunting 
you know, tree house, instead of having a ladder stand out in the woods, he wants his own little, you know, teenage, you know, man cave that doubles as a place where he can work on his taxidermy and he can hunt out of it. And he can just have like a cool, chill teenage space to go off if his siblings are annoying him or whatever. So, but I have been convicted of the fact that I have been telling them for two and a half years, Hey, we're going to, I mean, I'm not sitting there telling them every day or week or whatever, but this has been something I have been promising them since two and a half years ago that I haven't made good on that promise yet. And the Lord's really convicted me in that. Like, do I want to be a man of my word with my kids or do I want to be a man who says one thing and then doesn't follow through? And so I actually sat down uh, a couple of weeks ago and started reflecting on what kind of goals do I want to set for myself for 2024. And uh, Treehouse Built for JP is one of them. And nice. so that's going to be quick on the agenda and first on the list for hopefully a good bit of the month of January, you know, um, some afternoons and weekends spent uh, building that. And he's at the age now where he's old enough that he can get out there and help me with it. So it'll be a fun project to do together. So there's a little uh, vulnerability from me just being real and honest with y'all and say, that's something that I'm convicted on. And, And I was reminded of that when you said, you know, are there things that you've said you were going to do? Are there promises you've made that you haven't lived up to? So thanks for sharing that. Thanks for letting me uh, share a little bit about that uh, with y'all on this. So be looking for that. Be looking for it on Treehouse Built and JP's loving it. Oh, it's going to be good stuff for 2024. Would love that. Um, And then another thing, which will be the flip side of the coin of letting the kids find out organically it's just another option. And I think that's a great and viable option. Um, I think the embarrassment that would come from that, if any comes at all, will be pretty minimal. Uh, but one thing that we have done, and we I don't remember where we saw this somewhere on the internet, but it's the idea that when you believe your kids are old enough to not still believe in Santa, when you think when you think they already probably are in on it, you can pull them aside, especially if you have younger siblings, and explain to them, hey, Santa is this really fun, magical part of Christmas that we as older kids and as adults get to do for the younger kids. And you're kind of getting to be an older kid now, so we want to let you in on the project. Yeah. And we're the ones that do all the Santa Claus stuff. We figured you probably already knew that, you know, you're getting to that age, but you know, your little sister Ruby is still a young kid. And so we want to enlist you in being, being Santa with us this year, do some covert ops and find out what your sister really is excited about. Find out what she wants and and you can help us you know play santa for her this year even even if you have a kid and you don't have you know younger siblings uh you can in you know talk about a neighbor uh, you know a neighbor kid or a kid from your class their classroom at school and when we told jp and liam they were it was easy they were both ready for it and they had two younger siblings to get excited about and and to to play the role of Santa in their siblings' lives. It was smooth as silk, easy peasy. And then Seth, when we told him, he kind of broke down a little bit. Hmm. You know, he kind of cried and was upset about it. And I think that maybe we told him a year or two early 
Um, we kind of thought he was there, but he really wasn't there yet. Um, and he was upset uh, about that, not because he felt betrayed by us. At least he didn't articulate that. I think he was just, I think there was just some grief in the loss of that magic, you know? Um, so I think that was probably a little too young for him, but he's, you know, after a couple of days, we had a young little neighbor across the street at the time and he got really excited about playing the role of Santa um, for our neighbor Gentry, who was probably, you know, three or four years old at the time. Um, and then he, we, we had, Nancy and I had debated about whether or not we were going to tell Ruby, you know, at the big, you know, before Christmas this season. And Seth actually came to Nancy and said, look, mom, Ruby's not ready. You know, she's 10, but she's not ready. Like, don't, don't tell her yet this year, you know? And so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Big brother, big brother move on Seth's part, uh, to kind of protect that innocence in Ruby, uh, which was a neat thing, but that's, that's another option. Just, uh, forewarning, don't tell them too early. Cause it'll, it'll break their heart a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but g- good perspective. Again, I don't, I don't necessarily know that there's an absolute right or wrong way to handle things. Know your kids, have some discernment, uh, seek the Holy Spirit's guidance on it and you know, do what you think is right. Let it play out organically. Perry shared some great ideas, uh, all good options. I think the one final thing that I would maybe raise as a point of discussion as we kind of wrap up this episode in thinking about why somebody may choose not to do Santa Claus as a family. And again, lots of valid reasons, which we've, we've talked about some of them here. You raised one earlier that I have heard as well, which is this idea that if, if our kids feel like we lied to them about Santa Claus – are they also going to then think, well, what else have they lied to me about, including potentially God and Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Is it going yeah. to call into question the more important faith issues? And and I can understand why that might be a concern for some. It seems logical that that might be the case. Although I think I think they're separate and distinct enough that there wouldn't be a blurring of those lines. But but here's the one thing that I would say about that. And this is this is something I had to think long and hard about in thinking about whether or not we wanted to continue to do this with our own family and thinking about this particular objection. And that is this: that our kids and all kids and all human beings are always going to question. Yeah. And there will come a point as a kid transitions from child to adult in those early adolescent years where they're going to question everything, including their faith. And whether or not they believed in Santa is irrelevant to whether or not they are eventually going to question what they personally believe about God. You could raise them in church. You could be a pastor. They could be a pastor's kid. They could have gone to Sunday school. They could be the altar boy at the Catholic church. But at some point, they're going to say, whoa, wait a second. Do I actually believe everything that my mom and dad have told me, that my pastor at church has told me, that my Sunday school has told me? And at some point, it has to be their decision anyway. 
And I don't want my kids to have a relationship with Jesus because I told them they should, or because I took them to church every day. I think that helps shape what they think and believe. Absolutely. 100%. But is it possible that they could reject everything and become Buddhist? That's also a possibility. Right. Clearly what we do with our kids in their formative early years matters and impacts and has influence. But your kids are going to question and they should question. And I want them to choose to have a relationship with Christ on their own because that's what they want and that's what they choose. And they're going to do it whether or not they grew up believing in Jesus, uh, sorry, grew up believing in Santa and found out that we lied to them about Santa. Did they also lie to me about Jesus? No, I don't think they're going to make that connection. And even if they do, they're going to question it anyway. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, I loved when you said, we. W- I want them to question that because if we're being honest, there's a lack of ownership and authenticity in that relationship with Christ until they get to the point of questioning it for themselves and coming to the conclusion that, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. This actually is all this stuff that mom and dad taught me about life and about God almighty, the one true God, the most high God about Jesus, about the Holy spirit, about the Bible. Yeah. All this stuff actually is legitimate. All of it is real. It is what I want to base my life upon, you know, until they come to that questioning. It's not, it's only, I don't know if I want to say it's not fully their faith, but it is a child's version of faith. And the other, the other big difference, the crucial difference between Santa and, and Jesus is that Jesus is real and Jesus is active and yes. and will pull them towards him. Like yeah. Santa can't do that. At some point, you're 10, 11, 12 years old, you stop believing in Santa. He's kind of gone forever. Now, you could talk about sure. the spirit of Christmas and maintain the spirit of Christmas and play the game with their own kids and grandkids someday. That's all great. Jesus never leaves. Jesus never forsakes. In fact, That's he right. pursues. He is real. And no matter how long it takes and when it happens, he will be there for them when they choose to accept him. And that's a world of difference between the two. And we never have to. The other thing, too, just to say is that like Jesus doesn't need us to defend him. He, right. You know, he'd like we don't need to be scared about him not coming through for our kids. So I, I don't know. I just I just felt like it was important to say some of those things and sort of settle there for a moment for those who may feel like there's enough of a connection there that somehow what you decide about Santa will have have overlap into what they ultimately decide about their faith journey. Yeah, and you know, as even as us we started this podcast tonight, I said, man, I don't know if I've, it's you know we've decided to do the Santa Claus thing and. Every time I, you know, if I really think about it, there's always kind of this like, ah, did we make the right decision? And, and after talking about it tonight, I honestly feel better about it, you know? Um, and I think as fathers, 
it's okay to wonder. You know, I think that's a sign of being a good father is that you look at the decisions you've made and you go, ah, did I make the right move here? You know, sometimes you second guess, sometimes you wonder, you know, like, how's this one going to pan out for the long haul? If you're a dad that's feeling that way, I think that's a sign that you are a good dad because you actually care about the impact of the decision that you make, um, you know, the the impact that that has on your kids and your family. Uh, but honestly, for me personally, after talking about it tonight, man, I, uh, I feel, you know, much more positive about it. Good. Well, we can walk into Christmas morning a few days from now with complete Woo-hoo. peace and uh, yeah. <laughs> look under the tree and wonder whether or not Santa actually came. My, uh, <laughs> if my kids get some coal in their stocking, I'll know for sure that Santa's real. Uh, oh, and- <laughs> check it out. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So, so we slash Santa are giving Seth um, a coal forge this year for Christmas, like a little, like the cheapest little hand crank forge for blacksmithing okay. that you can find on Amazon. And it's got a little bucket where you put the coal in, you light it on fire, and then it's got a little fan that you hand crank it and it blows the coal and he can hang the steel in and then bang on it with a hammer and shape it and do all this other stuff. So I, I said to Nancy that I, I said, look, babe, we got to just put, and we ordered him some coal from Amazon to of go course. in the forge. I said, we've got to just put the coal out and just like put the bag of coal out and maybe like hide the forge or something somewhere else and just play a little prank on him Christmas morning and be like, oh, Seth, dang, man, I guess it was, what have you done this year that we don't know about? You know, like Santa just gave you coal, like what's going on, buddy? Is there something you need to tell us? Uh, and, and then, you know, hide the forge somewhere else and, you know, let him find the forger a little bit. <laughs> Did Nancy put the kibosh on that or is that? <laughs> she, she didn't like that idea. Yeah. I was going to say with what but, you just uh, said about him sort of breaking down and crying when you broke the news about Santa <laughs> to him, that may or may not be the right play, but I'll, uh, you know, take a little home video he's, of it. If you decide to do it, take a little video of a, it and share it. He's a prankster. He likes pranks. Okay. All so right. I don't know. We'll see. Well, <laughs> Anyway, however Christmas morning plays out for you guys, with or with Santa, with or without Santa, I hope it's uh, I hope it's a fun morning for you guys that you have a a blessed Christmas day as a family. If you're listening to this episode after the fact, hopefully this has been some food for thought for next Christmas. And stay tuned for our October first episode of the Faithful Fatherhood podcast, where we'll debate whether or not we should celebrate Halloween, the devil's holiday. So there you go. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. That's Uh, right. No. So with that, uh, I've had some fun, definitely some food for thought. And uh, anyway, just praying that everybody in our household gets 100% better so that we're all healthy and well on Christmas morning. I wish that for the rest of you as well. And for that, we will sign off on this episode of the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast, but be with you again soon. As always, Merry Christmas, everyone, and take care. (laughs) 